0: Welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Talon. this is the Creative Innovation Podcast. Hello everyone. Are you good? Thank you for listening. means a lot. Cheers, as ever. I hope you're going to be well in your world. I hope you're feeling creative. The weather this week is red and white striped because we've got the fantastic Jack Renwick, head of Jack Renwick Studio, coming in to talk today. Uh, Jack was kind enough to give me some time following... An undoubtedly tiring, long, inspiring, fantastic talk at the UCLan Design Conference Week. Uh, UCLan being the University of Central Lancashire in Preston, they've got an awesome visual communications department and... Jack was one of a number of speakers, including myself, at the week, so I hung around in true journal fashion and cornered a number of people, Jack being one, and um, I wondered whether she would in fact have the energy, the inclination, or the time to sit down and talk afterwards, but she had all three, and she gave me a very inspiring chunk of her time, which you guys are going to be treated to today, so thanks for tuning in for that. Get to that shortly. Sponsors for the show: Illustration Limited, IllustrationWeb.com. My agency representing a large number of people across many different disciplines. Got a bit of everything for you there. All visually beautiful. Got everything from hand lettering to large scale mural artists to fashion illustrators to animators, uh, gift makers, whatever. It's all going on. They're a fantastic bunch of people, and you should go and check them out. IllustrationWeb.com at internet.co.uk, my digital and tech sponsor. They're brilliant people. They provide hosting, a number of web services, SEO support, uh, social media advice, uh, domain names. It's all going on. They've got great channels all across the social. Big supporters of the creative industry really get behind this show every week. So thanks to them, guys. Go and check them out. Uh, They provide a digital tip every episode. Um, And I'm going to draw you to a point that comes up in my conversation with Jack Renwick this week when I ask her why there is no work on her website. (laughs) it's quite an interesting concept uh, and it's a good answer which I'm not going to spoil for you Um, but let me just say that 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 doesn't stop uh, Jack's prominence in the industry because she does a lot of work right throughout, right from supporting uh, up and coming new people, students, etc., coming up into the industry. Um, she's out there doing all sorts of kind of judging and talks and and great stuff, and just being a face on the scene, being a presence and and giving a shit about design, being very passionate, very a uh, lot of integrity in what she does, which we're going to get into in the conversation today um so there you go no work on the website go and have a look at jack's social channels. she uses them very well there's some amazing projects and the overriding notion that i got from her talk was uh just the emotional investment and the passion in each of her projects and she talks about why she's careful about what she takes on to that end really because it is important to feel a love of what you're doing to to at least be you know invested in finding the best creative solution for all concerned so we're going to talk about that good stuff coming up shortly with that Little tip is courtesy of heartinternet.co.uk. Go and check them out anyway. Tripping off my words. Um, so, I've got a new partner to welcome to the show. Um, so, as I mentioned, illustrationweb.com, um, heartinternet.co.uk. Wonderful support also from the Association of Illustrators. Go and have a look at those guys. Uh, Really great support for people, you know, contracts, pricing, um, all that kind of stuff. They're really, really great protectors of the industry. So go and have a look at them. But I'm going to introduce a fourth partner today. I had the pleasure of heading down to Real Junk Food Manchester, um, which is just along the road from my studio at M1 uh, in the city centre. And I went in there for food one day, and I wanted to find out what the project was all about, and I was quite blown away. So, essentially, real junk food Manchester. Feed bellies, not bins. There's a huge homeless problem in Manchester at the minute, as there is throughout um, the UK at the moment. I'm sure you've all seen it on the streets. Poor people freezing their bollocks off in this weather and and starving, quite frankly. And I think it's fucking horrible, and it's a real indictment of, uh, you know capitalist culture and and the kind of downside of that of course there are vulnerable people who end up on the streets often not for reasons their own Um, I'm not going to get into it too deep right now but real junk food Manchester are an awesome project and their manifesto is kind of in the short term we aim to reduce as much food waste as possible by feeding bellies not bins in the long term we aim to campaign and raise awareness to stop food waste from happening and make our food system more sustainable and fairer for all so from the customer point of view, I went in there and it's knockout food, real lovely uh, dishes going on, and it's a pay as you feel system. So, in my case, I like to go in these kind of places and think, well, okay, what would I pay for that down the road for like a nasty ass pasty at uh, Caffinero or whatever, or you know, a toasty? Pay five quid for it or whatever. You get, you know, you barely get full. It's a bit soggy sometimes. Uh, not having to go to Caffinero, but just that, you know, that general thing and. So I think, well, what would I pay there? I'm going to match that, and I'm going to stick some on because I really believe in this project, and I think it's a fantastic uh, way of chipping away at this gargantuan problem that we've got, which is homelessness. And it's not just about that, but I think it's a, a really great... Um, it's just a great way of making use of waste food. Um, so you go in the place, and it's stunning. The interior design in there is absolutely awesome, and uh, I believe the design is by So Studio. Uh, look them up. So it's just brilliant. It looks awesome. It's all upcycled stuff. So you've got baths and sofas and you've got beautiful lighting and there's like a an old school kind of deer head on the wall, but it's done from a bike saddle and, uh, and the crossbar on there. And it's just ingenious and it's really, really striking to look at. There's a great social atmosphere in there. And having spoken to Chris, uh, one of the two leaders of the project with Corinne, so passionate, so invested in making this, this thing happen. And as an artist down the road, it's a great space to go and talk to. So to give you a little insight, I'm doing a video podcast coming up very soon. The first one, first arrest on the mixed video. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, but we're using the space. I went in there, I had a conversation with Chris. I told him what we did and said, I want to support the project. I want to support you through the podcast. Um, we're looking for a space to use to do a few hours filming. Cool, we've got a little deal. We'll do it. But... I'm going to introduce them as a permanent sponsor of the show because I really, really think it's an awesome project and I want to support them. So I'm not going to bang on too much longer about it. Go and have a little look, realjunkfoodmanchester.co.uk. I can't say that today. Um, Brilliant. They're just absolutely brilliant. Go and have a look. They've got events. They've got someone from MasterChef coming in to do like a guest chef evening. It's just a really innovative, beautiful uh, socially benevolent project so do go and have a look and most importantly for local listeners or people visiting Manchester do us a favour, uh, don't put your money into the big cops, go down and support these guys because they do lovely coffee uh, also, if you're want, if you a coffee snob they do good coffee, they've got filter coffee where you can pay as you feel, it means that you know, I've seen homeless people coming in and having a free brew, it's it's wonderful it really is, so that's enough about that but I want to welcome them on board the show um, supporting Because they're fantastic, so go and help them out. Uh, Anyway, there you go, without further ado, Jack Renwick, today's guest. Awesome designer, like I said, she's running a fantastic studio out of London, originally from Glasgow. And we're going to get into her background, why she had... What she thought was a special pair of design shoes in her first design job. I'm um, going to tell that story absolutely brilliant coming up. We're going to talk about great adversity. Jack had a real nasty uh, experience of a long-term client who owed lots of money to the studio and went into liquidation, leaving her in a real pile of shit, and here she is still working today. So we're going to talk about that and what that. What well, that does, what happens in that instance? Um, I'm going to talk about a willingness to support the next generation, which she does a lot. I mentioned work at DNA D, judging all that stuff. She's a much loved character in the industry, and I see her all over the place doing talks, and uh, and she's very passionate about the industry. Uh, hence, her giving me time after a big long talk. So cheers, Jack, for that. Uh, but the work's out there. Go and have a look. Go and check her out on the social channels. Um, and get into this conversation. Get your feedback over, please, on the usual channels at Arrest or Mimics on the Twitter and Instagram and Facebook now too. Uh, Get your thoughts. Get the conversation going. Are you into the projects she's doing? How do you feel about being emotionally invested with your own work? What adversity have you had to bounce back from? And what's your brand? So the red, and, the red and white stripes, the iconic look of Jack Remick Studio. We're going to get into the story of how that came about today, also. So get us your feedback, like I mentioned on the social. Please do if you get the chance. Drop us a little review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Uh, it means a lot, it really helps. So cheers guys, thanks again for listening and I hope you had enjoyed this conversation with Jack Remwick from Jack Remwick Studio. Hi,
1: oh, right, so when I started uh, my first graphic design job, I went up to this uh, adult learning centre that I thought was a graphic design studio, because I had no idea what graphic design was, and I got in the door and I thought i will probably be given like, some paintbrushes or something like this, you know, some an easel maybe or a drawing board, or I don't know what I thought I was going to get. But they then asked, like, what size of shoe are you? And I was like, um, maybe you need special design shoes. Like, and, um, <laughs> Design like, And they were like, and they were like uh, and I said, oh, I'm a size two. And they were like, right. And, uh, and then they went under the, the sort of desk and they had a load of stuff. And then they come up with these um, steel toe cap boots, big black toe cap things. And I was like, Wow, I was like, like, and I'm going, is it dangerous? Yeah. <laughs> like this design malarkey. And then they gave me um, a set of like navy blue overalls, a um, hard hat, and a welding mask. And I was like, um, I just thought, fuck no hell, like graphic design. I was like, right, I had no idea what graphic design was, so I had no <laughs> idea that this wasn't the uniform that graphic designers wore. I just thought that's what everybody wore. And I was like, cool, got it on. I was like, I'm ready to graphic design now. Let's let's do
0: this. <laughs> he's so good I, I, really, I really wish that, that you or another design firm would kind of do that as like an like a hazing thing like an induction policy where on someone's first day yeah. you do exactly that yeah. as a ritual yeah, yeah. And kind of I, don't just, I
1: could do that yeah. film and
0: fly on the wall so they get the same
1: experience as <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. what size are you <laughs> <laughs> why it's <That's>
0: important <laughs> so you've got nine people working for you at mm. the minute right I mean not to jump in too deep but the story you told about the project at you borrowed a lot of money and never got yeah. fucking hell I mean yeah. It was did that change the way you think about things I mean that must have had some kind of fundamental shift
1: it, it it definitely made me and I've always been quite cautious about you know the types of projects that I would take on and I knew this guy was like kind of crazy and his expectations of you know let's kill Facebook kind of style things you know and it was like that but, was the brief. a bit kind of out there yeah mm. so the brief of you know like, right okay how, how are we going to kill Facebook and all that thing right um I don't know, but we'll have a we'll get a try. And um but what I've learned what I've learned from that whole horror show of then not getting paid for it at the end of the day was uh to make sure that I've got enough kind of terms and conditions signed up. I did mm-hmm. have a load of terms and conditions with that project as well, but when you get into liquidation or they went into liquidation, you just don't have a leg, you know, yeah. and, and I spoke to all these lawyers and all the rest of it, and they were like look, you're not gonna get in but I think you know, going into things, trying to get paid in advance where possible. You know, and not, when you've got an ongoing client though, they don't want to pay in advance, they'll just pay you regularly. And I used mm. to invoice these guys, it was like a retainer every month, but their invoice started to slow down, like paying uh, it. And then it was like I'd be chasing them, kind of going, oh, last month's invoice wasn't paid. And they'd be like, oh, no worries, no worries. And that started to drag on. And then all of a sudden I get a call going, the company's gone into liquidation. And, and I'm, I, I should have picked up on those alarm bells a lot earlier mm. and started to withdraw the amount of effort or work that we were doing Yeah. so I think now I would try and you know, I'd get as much side up as front as possible and I would uh, I don't know, i probably end up making the same bloody mistake again <laughs> I'm trying to think, what measures have I put in place? None! Yeah because None. it's just, oh, I mean, I,
0: I don't, the way I, where I, I've had thoughts over the years of, of expanding and trying to set up more of an agency, but then, because yeah. I do love the visual, the ideas side of things and, and then, you know, the projects that you've presented to us today, but that's the fear. I mean, that's one of the big things. Mm. That on one level, I don't want to become where I'm, uh, a position where I'm managing more than the creative. Yeah. But, but on the other hand, then that it's just that pressure of, of you know, paying that someone else who's living. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. And you feel um, really responsible. When I first set up, it was me and a placement. And I had been directing for years. So I'd, I was just really rusty on the mark, and I, I knew I needed somebody to actually be mm. the hands to help me as well as the head as well. But so when I f- I left the partners on the Friday, set up on the Monday, and I had a placement, um, and the both of us sat at the same shared desk in my husband's studio, mm. and so I paid for one desk but I had two chairs, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and she she was brilliant um, but I couldn't offer her a full time job because mm. I was terrified that I wouldn't didn't know where any work was going to come from and then I had two placements and then I had three placements and we were all still sitting on one desk you yeah. know, and then I had four and we were like four people <laughs> around one desk I was like totally thing. taking the piss you know, paying for one desk <laughs> and uh but then you're like you've got to buy computers for them yeah, and you've got to buy chairs and cups and spoons mm. and all of this sort of stuff and that all starts to mount up and then if you're going to take on another project and you need another pair of hands you're like I can't fit on this desk anymore yeah. and now I've got to move to another studio that's got two desks and so growing it's um it has to be really calculated uh, what you're doing. And it took me years, a few years before I offered anyone a full time job because I didn't want to be irresponsible that I was offering somebody a job that I didn't think I was actually going to pay for because they're mm. usually moving to London, they've got to take on a flat or yeah. pay rent, they've got to know that that's, that money's coming in. And I didn't feel confident enough that I'd be able to do that, you know, and yeah. actually stand by that. And I thought what'll end up happening is I'll end up paying people's wages myself out my own funds. Which I, I had to do when we lost that massive uh, yeah. uh, amount of money. When the, which when is massively ended.
0: admirable as well, you yeah, know, thanks. to do that. And so sort of, I imagine that was a really that must have been a tough time. Yeah, geez. it was. It was
1: like a real kind of make or break sort of situation of going right. Do we, do we carry on? And we had a lot of projects. The good the good thing is we had a lot of projects also signed up for the future. So I knew that there was going to be money coming in, okay. and I sort yeah. felt reassured that even though this was going to be a massive hit that we could keep going and we would be billing in the future enough yeah. to try and clot back yeah you know.
0: oh My God, yeah. A fair play to you props for coming out the other side of that I mean, that's, <laughs> would break most you know I mean that's an interesting thing that I picked up actually just from your talk and, and your work being I mean, a fan of what you do where there is the resolve side of things like you talked about uh, Glasgow, growing up, and and people laughing at the yeah. kind of you know calling it a fairy career or whatever it was. Um, whether it's that the welding scenario, it, it sounds like you've had your fair share of knocks, and, and you, you seem to have a real drive about you. Is, is that something you look for in your staff and the people that you work with?
1: Aye, uh, yeah, it's a it's a good point actually. I I, I think I do, and uh, you know you're always supposed to try and find people who are different from you, but I, I find it quite hard when people have been so easily gifted mm. everything you know and. Uh, or a really come from a really wealthy background, or because um, I, I then worry and maybe they're not going to try as hard, mm-hmm. which is unfair often of me to make the other assumption. You know, people assume from me that um, maybe I was going to be less capable because I hadn't had as many opportunities, and then I worked yeah. harder to prove that I could do it. Um, and I'm maybe actually quite guilty of thinking the other way that people might be a wee bit. Um, lazy fare because mm. they've been given a golden spoon you know yeah um but i probably do i look for um resourcefulness yes. and absolute determination with people you know people who are not going to give up mm. easily you know at the first hurdle and go oh no i couldn't do it oh, oh you know that was it well, of tried tried but i couldn't do it and it's like but did you really try yeah and um so i do look for that a bit of gumption somebody who's going to be resourceful and try and think their way out of a problem and around things and mm. that doesn't need to be a design issue that's sort of like oh my god the flight's been cancelled what are we going to do and you need to be able to just Street have folks who can yeah, you know, actually mass, yeah, have a, dealt with shit in their lives completely it's an <laughs>
0: overlooked know? thing isn't it and it's kind of hard to gauge that from just an interview stage I would imagine you know, mm. I, there's only so much you can get in that short time in yeah. terms of finding that out I suppose
1: I try and ask a question of come the apocalypse what use would you be to me uh, Why would I let you in my bunker? And and see if uh, let's see what they'll come up with. You know, if it's like, oh, I'm really good at this, or I would actually be, I'd be the negotiator, or I would be the hunter, or I would be the whatever. But one of my staff is like, you know, oh. I'll probably die really quickly, so you could use me as like a xylophone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. He's like
1: really thin. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, you know, that's a creative, creative answer. It is, you know? it is, yeah. yeah so that's, that's, I've got a need for a xylophone, you know. Yes. <laughs> so, so I hired them instantly.
0: <laughs> because the thing is, I mean, there's some of the projects you presented there, like the Japanese one in particular, I was really quite. Or by the simplicity of a solution for such a complex problem. Uh, right. so
1: that was a really hard project. Yeah, that. but no. the
0: truth is, I mean, if you, despite the fact that you're going to be the head of your own agency, if you don't have that team backing you up with uh, equal resourcefulness and fight, then in a project situation like that, there's going to be times when you're not feeling so energetic or you know, that yeah, you're completely. a human at the end of the day. Yeah,
1: you, you do. You need. You need to know you've got that backup. I think that's one thing I feel incredibly proud of our team, is that everybody's got each other's backs, and. They won't let endy fail when you see somebody struggling, you know, people Mm. step in. And when you're hiring folk, um, you're you're trying to see that in people and you're you're trying to ask them about their college experience and what that was like at art school and did you work in a team there and what was that sort of dynamic and did you lead or did you just wait to be spoon-fed or what role did you play in that? And You're not always looking for leaders. You're looking for folk who can take the reins when they have to, like when when I'm not there to do it. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I, I think that's, that's a really interesting question actually, because yeah. I think I probably do look for that maybe more than other people do. Yeah. You know, somebody who can actually just when the shit hits the fan. Yeah. Just. Fucking dig deep. to know how to get through
0: it. It's a big part of of succeeding in this industry. There's no getting around that, unfortunately. And that's not just saying we all have to be kind of smash mouth characters, because that's not the case. You know, there are many introverts. But it is. It's that. It's the fundamental will to succeed, no matter the method in which you do that. Yeah, completely.
1: Like you say, it doesn't. That doesn't need to be all like kind of balchy, loud mouth kind of fashion. That's just in a, you know, taking a deep breath and knowing, um, right, the buck stops with me, and I need to do what it takes to step up and actually you know keep this project lead the team convince this client that this is the way to go and be able to have the answers to yeah. the questions and you know if you if you don't really get so involved and you're on a surface level all the time if md throws you a curveball question you'll never be able to answer it yeah you know you'll be like it's oh i don't know ask ask that guy but 100%
0: <laughs> i mean yeah, one of the things i talked about this morning was at a photo shoot i was art directing recently and first thing in the morning before the band arrived we had a Fucking Mercury Spillage. We knocked a oh my friend good. knocked a thermometer off the top shelf that ancient thermometer that just happened to be on this top shelf oh in a garage God. we were shooting smashed everywhere, shoot cancelled. But the way we responded throughout the day from picking ourselves up, we had two shoots and the one in the afternoon, because of the time we bought through that incident, yeah. it paid off. And then when we redid the other shoot later, it was even better and it that was one of the points i was making saying bad luck's gonna happen it's yeah. about how you grab it and handle it and, and be responsive and it's really really key no matter how talented you are if you can't do that you can't screwed
1: that's a brilliant point isn't it because that's what creativity is isn't it is, yeah. is y- y- you cannot plan for this thing and how are you going to creatively find a way out of the solution yeah. out of the problem you know and definitely uh, yeah yeah you that's know, that's proper creative mind
0: it really is you know it things is, have yeah. fucked up what would they do but yeah, about it yeah and <laughs> you get know? better over a time at doing that from doing it more don't you so i think you were all terrified at first but you know
1: yeah you do it's like you find a way through cuz you have to
0: yeah that's it otherwise you go under yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so i got i mean you said in the talk with the red and white stripe thing i absolutely absolutely (laughs) love that i I really do i think it's i think it's stunning and it's and it's so recognizable as you within the industry i think Mm, uh, did you think that might be the case was it i mean was it quite a random decision decision
1: um it sort of came about in a, a really bizarre way um you know, you, you sort of think to yourself, like, um, and I was speaking to some of the students actually, they were saying, How do you, go, how do you approach personal branding? Mm. And you're like, you know, Well, what is it that you might find that's a bit different about you or stand out from someone else that people might go, Oh, what's that person like? And mm. you, might, you might say, or explain them, or what they look like, or something. And it's like you try to tap into that little thing. And I didn't really realise the stripes was a thing until uh, there was a fancy dress party at the partners, and somebody dressed up as me. And they dressed up with stripes, red lipstick. <laughs> um, I used to wear my hair in a bun, and they had their hair in a bun. And they had came as, it was like a Jack Queen King of clubs wow. sort of thing. And so the Jack, they had dressed up as me. And I was like, and I was like, oh, how did you, you know, like decide what you're going to wear? And it's like, well, you always wear stripes. And I was like, do I? I was like, shit, shit, I do it. That's absolutely? amazing. And then it sort of, so then when I was leaving, uh, the partner said go and set up um, Greg Quinton, who's my old creative director had said, you know, I hope I'm going to see these stripes on stuff. And then he started sending me things like, you know, uh, oh, I saw this red and white deck chair. You should have that for your studio. Oh, I saw this mug. Oh, wow. And he sent, he'd send, yeah. he'd send, me, he'd send me stuff and it really kind. and um, But it, it made me really proud that he, he had got behind it because you're leaving somewhere and um, that's quite a hard thing to do and and you're hoping that they're going to wish you well and that was his way of
0: that's really uh, honourable
1: yeah you know of him kind of saying like I want you to do well he's like sending me all this red and white stripy stuff yeah and he's
0: so good and the thing about that is and actually what a great kind of analogy to get to get external feedback because yeah, something so yeah. potentially iconic that you hadn't clocked. Yeah.
1: Wow. And it's like yeah. it takes somebody else to say, "Oh, you're you're like that." Yeah. Or you wear this, or <laughs> you look like that, or, or you're a pain in or you talk shit all the time, whatever that would be.
0: And uh, am I being really stupid, or what? Is there actually no work on your website?
1: There is no work on our website. You're not. I'm being glad stupid. I got
0: that right because yeah. I really like it, and, <laughs> and, and I was thinking I'm going to look stupid here, because there'll be something no. I need to click that I've missed.
1: No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. shamefully, there is no work on the website. It's. And I, I think some people might think, um, oh, that's really confident, <laughs> or, oh, that's really cool, you're, uh, you're running this thing six years, you've never had your website. And I'm like, I haven't had the time. And I feel quite nervous about it. You know, like wow, actually that, putting. Okay, I had gone yeah. with the confidence thing. I, yeah, oh, okay, no, everybody does. Brand. Yeah, yeah, everybody's like, you know, kind of, oh God, you're so. That's really brave. I can't believe you. <laughs> like, it's so ballsy, and, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it's really ballsy. Uh, but the fact is, it's just, you know, I've never, I don't have time to do anything about it. I'm also sort of solving somebody else's problems, but mm. when it comes to actually doing it, I'm like, fuck. What am I going to put on there and what am I going to say? And what if it's just all total shit and everybody just laughs at me and goes, you know, oh my God, I can't believe she left the partners and now churning out that shit, you know? And, and that's it's really wow. intimidating. Well, it shows a real humility as well, you
0: know, because <laughs> yourself is awesome, oh, but that's um, oh, something that's encouraging to people. <laughs> Probably everyone who has those days where confidence just drops off a cliff yeah. for no apparent reason, you know, because that's just, I think it's something about the nature of wanting to do a creative profession, is that those days. Happen too frequently.
1: They do, I mean, it happen for me a lot. I think uh, I'm I'm like, is that why I care or is that why I put so much into it? You know, and it's like because I don't want to fail. The fear of failure, the fear of looking, you know, stupid in front of other people's eyes, you know, like it drives Mm. you to want to try and succeed out of not being totally embarrassed. But uh, (laughs) yeah, I think maybe for your Podcast, we just it's too confident, you know. It's, uh, all about confidence. I don't need a website because <laughs> yeah. I'm just absolutely awesome. The and name, <laughs> the name is everything. Yeah, yeah. Just, that's all you need to see. <laughs> yeah.
0: We um, talk, we met last year at DNA Day judging. Um, it was the first time yeah. i have met you in person, and here we are today at UCLan You seem quite prolific on, on the on in a you know, the, the sense of being at things and and talking and, and judging and all that stuff that we do in the industry. Is that important to you, and why do you do that?
1: Um yeah it seems to sort of like go through sort of phases of you know being invited to do lots of stuff, talks or judging mm. or you know writing articles or whatever it may be and it's incredibly flattering um i think it might be you know, um, I always say I'm the bloody token woman. You know, invited along because oh, they've suddenly realised oh fuck, we haven't got a woman, and who who, who, who who do we know that's a woman that's running an agency? So it's like oh, phone Jack, and um, so I'm like so they'll say how oh, do you want to come and judge this thing, and I'm like well if you're not getting you know you just realised you've not got any women. Is that why you
0: got the Wonder Woman on your Twitter or whatever it's? Yeah, on? I've always had Wonder Woman. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's uh she's my superhero uh my idol <laughs> kicks ass you know tells the truth yeah all that kind of you know Brilliant.
0: tells it like but uh, it's a great i I just find it a wonderful not not just a fun environment but a great way to meet people and, and renew them ideas you know
1: yeah I, I love doing it and I love um I feel um when I'm doing talks and stuff I get nervous before it because I care about you know too. uh what people think and, and I care about wanting the thing to be useful for people mm-hmm. or, or they may have gained something out of it yeah. and not just wasted an hour of their life listening to yeah. me ramble and on, so I, I worry about it in advance because I want people to have you know, had a, a good uh, spend of their own time really, but the, the judging and stuff like that, I do see it as um, a sense of inspiration for me, yeah. you know getting to chat with other peers and like yourself, you mm. know, and having like good chats when we were doing yeah. uh, New Blood last year and and it's a chance to see what everybody else is up to. You
0: yeah. Know? And do you sometimes, I sometimes come away feeling quite intimidated by the level of good stuff that I've seen. I know, see yeah. and...
1: I know. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a scary thing, isn't it? Although, I remember the first time I judged d and I think I thought I was going to be walking into this room of absolute geniusness you know Mm. like all the best work in the world but you forget you're walking into a room of everybody's work that they've entered and it's your job to find that best work and that's a hard job yeah and so I was really sort of surprised I was going oh my god everything isn't absolutely amazing and it's like of course it's not amazing because it's everybody's work and everybody's work is just normal and you know as as the jury you've got to try and hunt out all those yeah. amazing things and and I, I'm, I'm a pain now, nauseous just because I'm really slow because I want to read all the facts all the briefs so I know exactly that it's answered the problem and not just picks a because it looks nice or you know it's shiny Definitely. or whatever you know yeah. I'm kind of quite painful on the jury because I'm like right why does that make sense is that actually a good solution? Let's read the brief and see. I wish what everyone took that
0: level of, uh, of integrity in it because it's important. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I love for the idea. I've, I'm just in love with that idea. I've always been quite drawn to kind of advertising on that level. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, on you know looking at all that word the same thing last year. I, Wanted to know why and where they're from and what what you know, what does it mean to them and the, the client like? Yeah,
1: what is it that you're trying to achieve with this? Mm-hmm. And and often if it's like posters and advertising and stuff like that then you shouldn't need to be trying to see what a rationale yeah. is, you know, and it's like good work should speak for itself and all that kind of thing. But when it gets into maybe like branding or um the sort of communication side of things and the job isn't to shout in your face to tell you what that thing is, it's a much more subtle yeah. thing, then that can often get overlooked and I see it as our responsibility then to people have paid their fees, and it's we should give it the time of day. And actually, uh, just because it might not be leaping off of the table, yeah. it, that might not be the intention, yeah. and we should be spending the time to try and find that out.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, I mean, I, I noticed doing my own homework for this as well. You have. Uh, students in the studio sometime which is really cool. I think yeah. it was Sheffield Hallam was it? Right? The yeah, they were in down. the
1: other day, yeah. What a
0: great experience for them students to you know, to just get that inside look. I mean I always think placements are so valuable for design students. Yeah. But even just to get in there and see what's going on and get inspired by that.
1: It's 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 a, it's a really good um, point, Ben, and just sort of dawning on it myself, talking about it. Um when I started I had no idea what a design studio looked like. I had no idea that People sat at desks, you know. They obviously thought they were well LD ramps, but um, <laughs> you know, um, you know. But I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't get the, the, what the dynamic of things is, and it made it really intimidating. Like I would have never have applied for a job. If I'd done up one a D and A D pencil, I don't know what I would be doing. And mm. that um, people then approached me because I didn't have the confidence to approach anybody. I didn't know what I would have said. I didn't know. Do did they have a front door? Do they? You know, who am I phoning? Like. I genuinely no concept sort of, of it, so I, I do think opening your doors as an agency is is kind of like your not your duty, but I think it's a really helpful thing to do and allow mm-hmm. people to come in and and see what's going on and learn a bit about you, so that they're less intimidated yeah. and can sort of see all oh, right, actually they're quite nice folk. Yeah, because the, the design industry is nice folk and. There's nothing to be yeah. There's such a warmth about.
0: in this industry that, yeah. I, that is one of my favourite things about it, and it's so beautiful. That's why I love doing the show because it's just you just get that little glimpse of somebody's world, and, and off the back of that, you don't know what you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Like yeah, the connections I've we... made through a guest who said, "Oh, you should talk to that person," and it just leads on and on. And like you say, we've all been there, haven't we? We've all yeah. we've all been terrified about what the unknown because oh, there's a lot of it.
1: I <laughs> know. I remember like I'd, I'd been left a business card at my degree show from the partner something at the partners and everybody was going oh my god like you know what the partners have left your business card and I was like <laughs> shit shit who's the partners but uh, you know and I was like right I should phone these people up and I kind of thought that I would be phoning Aziz Kami who ran the partners I, I didn't th- I didn't know there'd be receptionists yeah. and levels of other people I thought when I picked that phone up this was the guy who was going to be on the other side of the phone yeah. so I was so terrified and intimidated to do it that I just wouldn't do it and so it didn't. And then I, yeah, I went to another thing and somebody else was going, you should speak to the partners and you should speak to the partners. You, you, you'll probably, they'll like how you think. And I was like, oh God, right, that's a few people I should probably phone them. And I eventually did. And I phoned them up and said, hiya, a few folk have left their business cards and um, and I've been told to sort of phone and um, could I come in for an interview or anything like that. And, and they went, who are you? <laughs> and I was like, um, my name's um, Jack Nemec and um, I'm a graduate and, and they were going, and why why would why, why would you want to speak to these people? Uh, and I was like, um, because I want to apply for a job. Well, I think they better find out the right channels of applying for a job then. Uh, thanks wow. very much. And I was like, oh my God. And I was assuming they've seen all my work. They must think it's totally shit. Um, yeah. Not realising that, of course, they haven't seen my work. They have no idea who I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. one person's left me a business card at a show but I'm imagining this entire company all hate me and they've all said for fuck's sake if that lassie phones <laughs> you know get rid of her but um, <laughs> this is what was going on through my mind because I had no it does you are fragile
0: of. at that point in your yeah,
1: career yeah I was like you know and I didn't know that that was a receptionist just having a bad day, yeah. and I didn't know the right thing to ask. Of could you put me through to the person who deals with yeah. placements or deals with junior positions? Yeah. I'm just asking her for a job, and she's yeah. going, eh, "No, junior."
0: <laughs> and I, at that point, I, what I found quite intimidating was the fact that this was a southern accent picking up the phone, and I had this northern accent, and I became <laughs> incredibly conscious of it. <laughs> yeah. And I'd get worse because of it. Then I'd be in thickest Yorkshire, and it's like, yeah. and I think, "Oh my god, how stupid do I sound?" But
1: <laughs> no, yeah, oh. all of these things are totally going through your mind, though You know, and you're thinking. I'm, I'm such a bloody pessimist at everyone. I just think, oh my god, uh, they must think I'm like the, the shittest designer that's ever walked the earth, and how dare I even, you dream of phoning them up, what a fool, we left you that yeah. card as a joke, you idiot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh, I'm never going to phone anybody ever again, I feel so stupid, and uh, oh my
0: unfortunately
1: god. they managed to get in touch with me, or I would never have yeah. gone there, I just Yep. wouldn't have known what to do and well, yeah, fortunately somebody contacted me through D&AD actually yeah. and said you know the partners would be interested in having the internet yeah.
0: well I mean yeah, yeah. I just still stress, like you say the importance of actually you know doing things in industry and making sure that there is that yeah, opportunity that, yeah. for those people who are terrified today to kind yeah.
1: of
0: find that person it's your job might, isn't it know, I, I think so I I, yeah. I, I I, willingly take it on as a responsibility I, I try and help I try and respond to every student that contacts me because I've some great people I've got this whole chain of mentors yeah, that I could true. never have predicted I never have called upon but there they were so I try and yeah. at least help where I can you know that's the thing. And, and no
1: matter even how long in the tooth you get, you're always still asking for advice. And you know, but my, my business is quite young. And uh, and even yesterday, you know, like um, Jim and uh, Gary and Simon from Rose had came in to do the, the the talk here. Yeah. And I'm asking them advice about you know what you do in these situations and. Um, They've been kind enough to help me, and I'm like, well, yeah. I want to pass as much of that information on as possible.
0: Well, if it wasn't for people's attitudes like that, we wouldn't have this beautiful industry that we've got, you know? So yeah, I, think totally. uh, I think it's the only way forward. Yeah. Well, the last question I ask uh, all my guests, and it's a bit of an on the spot, I call it Shark <laughs> in the Tank after the Damien Hirst piece, which is one of my favourite pieces of art, but it's such a I love hate piece. So I ask them for a positive and a negative loosely, based within creativity and what they do. It's a wide open question.
1: Probably hate the. the the fear and the the torture that it feels like when you haven't cracked an idea, mm. you know, and you feel so helpless and rubbish yeah. and hate yourself, you know, and that's like, I, I get into the depths of absolute despair on things and then I think when I've then come up with something, I then go into, you know, absolute euphoric, mm. um, and I don't think, oh God, this is genius, but I just know I've got a wee something that's worth, persu- you know, maybe just exploring a bit further. And so the emotional extreme... Of those things, it's quite Yeah. and I'd love to be a type of person that was on a more even keel, but I'm kind of not. And so I hate it when I'm in the, those depths, yeah. and I love it when I've got a wee butterfly of something that I think this could go somewhere. Even if it doesn't, that feeling is yeah. is priceless, you know. It is, isn't it? It's awesome. I'm really
0: <laughs> on board with that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And lastly, so where can people find your work?
1: Where can people find my work? Um, on our Instagram on our twitter and um, you can go to our website there is a twitter button, and <laughs> instagram button
0: <laughs> that's where people will find it perfect i'll stick it all in the show notes and thank you ever so much for your time cheers ben thank you cheers jack so thanks to jack for taking the time like i said after a grueling talk in the midst of a busy work spell um the last is work ethic is second to none and it's a it's a real pleasure it's a real privilege for me um to get to talk to all these amazing people through this show, It's uh, I'm constantly wowed, you know, it's a real privilege, so thank you to everyone who has taken the time and do go back and check out all of the 106 episodes on the show, big feedback for X1, the first kind of rogue episode that I've done, an anomaly with uh, Malcolm Gladwell's, I keep calling him Malcolm Gladwell, Malcolm Garrett Sorry, Malcolm. Um, There you go, but go and check it out. It's a bit of design legend himself. Uh, Charles Williams have made up studio awesome feedback. Coming up, we've got Lauren Kelly from Dura who... um deal with behaviour design it's quite a fascinating conversation it's more of a psychological episode and that's a good one coming up we've got Jim Sutherland from Sutherland Studio coming up also it's all going on the show's growing all the time thank you for everyone who's giving me feedback and taking the time to pass on comments please continue to do so get a little review on the iTunes if you get the moment to do it um, what's been going on in your world? get in touch on the Twitter, on the Instagram I'm always sharing good work and, and plugging people's projects I'm just passionate about this industry I want to see what you've been doing so let me know um cheers that's it uh, thanks to the sponsors thanks to the association of illustrators illustrationweb.com and heartinternet.co.uk and please welcome aboard real junk food manchester go and check them out go and have a look at what they do if you're in town pop in have a coffee have some food pay as you feel um feeding bellies not bins i think it's a really relevant amazing project at the moment so RealJunkFoodManchester.co.uk. um go and have a look Nice one, guys. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed Jack's shows. Drop us feedback. Chat to you very, very soon.